0: Good morning to all. My name's Joshua. I'm the youth minister here. Uh, it's my joy for, to lead us in reflecting on a story we know quite well, I would say. Uh, one thing people have done for years and years and years and years is to bring the Christmas story into other stories and other settings like this. And also like this and like this. The other story that we know, that gets in the way of the Christmas story as we know it, is the story that's provided by Coles and Woolworths. And that story is that everyone in our families loves us, and we all get along, and we meet up at the end of the year for a Christmas feast, and we are very contented with our backyards for them to suffice for a backyard cricket game, and all the food is perfect, and all the gifts that we can buy and the gifts that we've selected for others satisfy our deepest desires and satisfy their deepest desires. There's an Italian writer uh, in the 20th century, Luigi Santucci, uh, and he put this kind of predicament that we find ourselves about Christmas in this way. He was reflecting on Christmas and he wrote, Let's go and see him. Let's go back through the seemingly immense distance. Let's climb down the tower of nearly 2,000 Christmases between us and him. There are still warm embers of the last Christmas beneath the ashes of the months, and we still recall the tablecloth gaily laid out, the places occupied by the others at dinner, and all the various dishes the gay presents brought in a hurry during Advent, when the whole city seemed like a mad liner that may haul up its anchor at any moment on these occasions people turn into ants trying to drag into their anthill as much stuff as they can and on Christmas Eve they wall themselves up in their nests and block every cranny so that happiness won't escape. So today nothing special nothing that isn't said every single Christmas day and eve and advent here's the actual story. Our story has a setting. The setting of Christmas is there in the first three or four verses. And that setting is political turmoil. It's it's national displacement. It's a bureaucrat's dream and a family's nightmare. It's people taken over by a foreign force. Israel and invaded, conquered by the Roman Empire. And so everyone has to do what the soldiers with the weapons... And the puppeteered local government with the power says, you have to go and travel to your hometown, put your name down on the list. There's no choice. It's fearsome, it's insecure. The setting of Christmas as we actually find it is a world bum up. I'm going to use the word bum a lot in this sermon, so you'll need to just get used to that. It's a world bum up. The setting of Christmas is Ukraine. The setting of Christmas is Myanmar. The setting of Christmas is a country town in Queensland. The setting of Christmas is all the dreadful things that happened in 2022. That's the story, the setting of the real story. But this story also has characters. In verses four to seven, we meet Mary and Joseph, and they're just caught in that setting, you know, that setting of that kind of world. but. But they themselves are just normal people. Mary and Joseph in this story, they're not mighty saints. They're not the holy family. They're just, they're just people. Normal people caught in something bigger, something that they did not ask for. And in this story, they're just kind of shoved along the line of people heading into this little town. You know, like election day, except they're soldiers and you've got to go out of state to vote. Mary and Joseph are caught in a world that is bum up, but they're also caught in a story of God upsetting their lives. They have their strange marriage and one of their firstborn on the way. They are called by God extraordinarily, but they are still ordinary people. They have to have courage for a story that they don't know the magic of, only we know that. They have to be prodded along. They have to be desperate as the labour pains begin and fearful of delivery in as far a cry from a hospital setting as you can get. The setting is Ukraine and flood and shots fired, but the characters are innocent bystanders to the whims of governments and God. And so we can work out with this setting and with these characters and some of the characters we meet in verse 8, that our story, the Christmas story, has a complication and has a resolution. And the complication is clearly that the world is bummed up. But the resolution, well, we find that when we meet this last set of characters, the shepherds and their announcers. In verse 10, it gets called good news. But you'd think if it was was good news, there'd be more happiness, more rejoicing, there'd be more recognition in the story than really takes place. But by all accounts, no one makes room for Mary inside the house or, or gives up a room for her and Joseph and little Jesus. It's just good news for the few. And it's good news for the few. Well, now we're getting near the message of this story. That it's good news to those who live in the bum-up world. In verse 8, it's just the shepherds. Shepherds alone that hear the great glad tidings. Shepherds are like retail workers. No one cares about them, except at Christmas, when everybody wants them. But really, no one cares about them. In a setting of flood and loss and war, it's the poor who hear good news. It's the nothings of life that have spiritual experience. It's the unnecessary to everybody else that know miracles. And so we find the message here in verse 11, that the child is somebody. It's the identity of this baby, Jesus, that is the resolution to the complicated, grief-stricken, bum-up world. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is the Messiah, the Lord. And that's why the good news really only reaches those who know the world to be, bum up. Because if you know the world needs saving, well, you're in luck. If you know that you need rescuing, well, you're ready to hear good news. If you know that the world would be better off with a good Lord then you're poised to receive some joyous tidings. So that's the story. I mean, there are many, many stories about Christmas. And on Christmas Day every year, preachers just like me say something we already know, that what's in front of us right now isn't what this is actually about. I'll tell you a secret, that's actually all preachers ever say, but don't tell anyone. The most real things about our Christmas Day, about our world and about ourselves are that it's all bum up. And if we can see that the world doesn't work and if we can feel the reality that this is not how it should be, then we are open to hear the message of the good news of the Christmas story and the Christian story. And the message is that God sent us help See, there are lots of stories, but the real Christmas story is the better one. The one that admits bad news is the one that delivers on good news. I don't wanna keep you, so let me just finish by suggesting that this Christmas story is the best of the Christmas stories out there because it delivers on this good news in these ways. You know, Jesus resolves our trouble by showing us how to be human. It is, after all, an inhumane world. Christmas time does bring families together, but we all know that we see the greatest cruelty where there was or should be the greatest intimacy. And Jesus shows us exactly how to be in the middle of things not working. Jesus shows us how to be human in this way that we hurt others the least, Jesus shows us how to be human in this way that we can go on and forward together. Jesus shows us how to be human in that we must face life courageously and gently in order to live well. His life alone shaped the world only for the better. And we can learn from his life, his humble heart, how we're going to be in a world of misunderstanding and hurt relationships. The Christmas story is also the better story because it delivers on good news, because Jesus resolves our trouble by promising us peace. After all, this is a world of war. Jesus comes in order to make a promise to us, and he secures that promise by his death and resurrection. And that promise is that Jesus will come again, not as a child, but as a judge, to resolve all the evils in the world, set things to right. And make sure that war may never break in again. And that's a final resolution we still await. But Jesus also began that world when he called people to follow him and walk in his way. And the last thing I want to say about the Christmas story being the best, the Christian Christmas story being the best of the Christmas stories out there, is that it does deliver on good news. Because Jesus resolves our trouble by assuring us that we are okay. If we accept that the world is bum-up, then Jesus also invites us to accept that we are part of the reason why the world has gone wrong. And if we admit that, then we can be forgiven for our part for hurting the world. And then a strange thing happens. We know ourselves to be okay with God accepted by God and being okay with God is a great feeling. Now this is the selfish end of the wedge, but it really does feel good to get up each day and just know that ultimate reality God and you are okay. That's a position from a position in life from which you can make the best kinds of choices and do the most good and not feel a burden of existing. That you can't resolve. So you should become a nobody and become a Christian. You can be human in the best way, the truly human, proven, powerful life shaped like Jesus's. And then you can have a hope for the future that gives you peace for the present. And then you can rest and relieve the anxiety of life that constantly wanders if we're in the right spot. And if you know all that, then just remember everything you already know. That you're in a setting like Christmas. And if you're a nobody in the world, then you get to hear the good news. He's come. And he's come to do everything the world needs most. Truly human, promising peace, and offering us rest for our weary hearts. Happy Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that you gave to the world, Jesus, and that in him, you meet us in all the problems we know. We pray that we might have soft hearts to the way the world doesn't work, that we might have soft hearts to your promise that you restore all things. So we pray that you would give us a taste of the peace that surpasses understanding And you might open wide our hearts to all that you have to give in Jesus' name.